I, you know, I just like to say right off the bat this morning, I thank God for the team that has traveled with me. Can we thank them for what they've done? My name is Roy Fields, and I don't know if, how many here, you've never heard of me in your entire life? Well, I've never heard of you either. <laughs> I am so honored to be here, and you know, I know I'm repeating myself a little bit from the first service, but it's an honor for me to be in Kensington Temple. I've heard so much about this church. I've heard so much about Colin Dye and Mrs. Dye and the ministry here and the teams here. And I just want to say thank you from my heart. I don't say this to flatter. I say this as a real honor before the Lord that I believe as God did in the 80s and 90s, he's going to do again in the 2010s and 20s and 30s. Can you say amen? So I want to say that. And I also want to send a greeting from a friend of mine. You've probably never heard of him, Robert Slairdon. And I had a feeling he might shoot me if I didn't greet you and from him. He sent me a, a photo of himself in front of, he did a, he, he did a selfie. <laughs> Not sure if that's okay, but he did it anyway. And he sent it to me in front of Mount Rushmore, and I think it was in North Dakota or something. So if I didn't greet on behalf of him, I just wanted to do that, okay? I'm glad to be here this morning, and I want to just say a couple things before I get into what I'm going to speak uh, we do have some CDs and DVDs at the back. Uh, we only have a limited time with you this morning. Most of the worship services I'm in go for normally about two hours to two and a half hours. Everybody's going, there's not enough air con for something like that. <laughs> but you know what? When you get lost in the presence of God, how many know the time clock just disappears? You just don't care. Even the heat, you don't care about the heat. Some of you are going, yeah, brother, I believe you. But we have some CDs at the back, and listen, this is because it is our last city on the tour, and we have a somewhat of an overage of what we had, we're going to make these available for a donation of five pounds each, okay? Now, the two live CDs, and I'll make this quick, the two live CDs, there's been 100,000 of them that have gone around the world. How many of you watched the Lakeland Revival at one point on God TV or some way or heard about it? Let me see your hands wave at me, Okay. How many never heard of it in your life? You have no clue what I'm talking about. And how many would raise your hands no matter what I said? <laughs> There's a couple people being honest. Awesome. So th those CDs went around the world. 100,000 of them circulated, and we did it without a record company. Now, I don't say that to be arrogant. I say that because it's what the Lord wanted. I don't even, listen, I don't even have a little barcode on the back of these CDs. They can't scan these. I made these. So these are like what the Lord told me to do. Never expecting that in the, the summer of 2008, close to 350,000 people would descend upon the small little insignificant city called Lakeland, Florida, in between Tampa and Mickey Mouse, which is really Orlando. And... 350,000 people from 240 countries came and they were hungry for God so much so that when they came up to the altar area before we even led worship, they were already worshiping a live service while we were rehearsing. 
It was almost, and this is from countries. This isn't just from America. It was almost like they were like, Roy, we don't care what you sing or what you do. We haven't come to sing with you. We've come to meet with heaven and with God. And you, yeah, go ahead, because let me tell you. I'm an evangelist who loves to worship. I want to get that very clear. And you can see I'm an evangelist because they always drop their stuff behind the podium. But I'm an evangelist who loves to worship, and that is a worship leader's dream, to have a group of people that come and say, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad, great or not so great, loud or quiet, I'm touching heaven. That's a dream. It's a dream for the people of God to take over the worship so loud with their singing, so loud with their voices and their passion that they bury the whole band. That's a dream. I don't get, I don't get mad about that. I go, hey, I don't mind shutting my keyboard off. That's better than what I'm playing. Amen. I'd love to see it one day when this place gets so loud that as people are walking down the streets, they just supernaturally are drawn in. And I tell you, that is going to happen. But anyway, nonetheless, the, and it probably already has. Some of you are going, it's already happened, Roy, honestly. <laughs> I know it's a rubbish accent. I apologize. Everybody's different, though, in this country. I travel over to Ireland, and I get there, and a pastor comes up to me, and he's from northern Belfast. And he goes, Roy, in 2008, I came to Lakeland, and I felt the weight of his glory. And I, I thought, can I pray for you? <laughs> and then I went to Wales, and this, this lady comes up, I'm from Wales, and I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I traveled all over Scotland, as we've traveled six years in the UK, and I get up there, and they are crazy, crazy. All right, I love to worship God better than you do. If God doesn't come down here and touch me, I'll go up there and touch him. And then I came to England. Roy, I have to be honest with you, I feel the fire. <laughs> is, it o- is it okay to have fun in the house of the Lord this morning? Yeah. Well, I've got the microphone for the next 25 minutes, so I say it is. Yeah. Anyway, so these CDs are available. How many like free stuff? Well, I wish we were giving it out. <laughs> now, I'm going to have one of my ushers here, uh, a good friend of mine, Richard, and I want to I publicly say something about you. This guy, don't touch me. <laughs> this guy... Uh, was touched in some of our meetings in Wales. You might have heard of the Cardiff City Temple had a move of God happen in 2011. We saw 5,000 people come through the doors in about two months. Many came to the Lord. And this guy right here came up to my right-hand side. He says, I feel the Lord has called me to just serve by your side and help you in any way I can. And he's been my friend and my great friend for three years. Can you thank God for Richard? Thanks. I mean that. Love you, buddy. He'll disperse that for you. We have a television program which we interviewed uh, Robert Slairdon. We're all about revival. 
You know, the message behind me, why revival? I could tell you a billion ways, but I've only got a few minutes, and I'm going to share some of that with you today. Why revival? Why does the church need revival? And so we have embarked and endeavored in the last year and a half, my wife and I, who will be here tonight. How many of you are planning to be at the 7 p.m., the absolute last service on the tour? It's going to be absolutely crazy because we're going to lay hands on everything that moves. And you're probably going to need some designated drivers if you come tonight. So I want to throw that disclaimer out. But anyways, we endeavored to just make uh, available to people just sitting down in the living room talking about revival and not trying to be the TV personality. Oh, help me, Jesus, if I watch one more TV personality that makes me throw my shoe. Have you ever sat down in your TV set one time? You come home like this one guy comes home one day. And he's had a long day at work. He's really hard working. And he clicks on the TV, takes his shirt off. He's got him a bag of crisps. That's right. I learned that four years ago. And then he sits down in this big, huge thing called a red bean bag. He puts his hat on backwards. And he clicks on the TV. And sure enough, here comes a televangelist. Out of all the people that he had to watch, it had to be this televangelist. And he goes, right now you're watching this program and you're alone. And the guy's like, <laughs> he goes, I prophesy you have your shirt off with a bag of crisps. You're sitting in a red bean bag. Your hat is on backwards and you're alone watching this program. And the guy's like, <laughs> and he goes, and you want to give a thousand dollars to this ministry. And the guy goes, that was a close one. I thought he was talking about me. Thought he was talking about me. <laughs> anyway, so. Now, by the looks of some of you, you need some joy in your life. So I thought I'd throw a little in there. How many believe the UK needs joy? I do. I remember going to one of the first places I was going to minister. And a guy was using the building before I got there. And he stood at the podium and he said, Today, I'm going to speak to you on the subject of joy. <laughs> and I remember my exact words that went through my mind. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, he might as well have said, I'm going to teach you on the subject of joy. I have none, but I'm going to teach it. <laughs> and I thought, you know, when people on the outside look at Christians... They want to see something different than their lives. They want to see a flame burning on the inside of their eyes. That's what separates us. We're actually light into the world. We're salt in the earth. We bring flavor to people's lives. But when people's hearts are messed up, they're not serving God. They're not walking with him. They, they have, they're no longer in love with Jesus. It's very evident in people's faces that they haven't really known the Lord because if they knew the Lord they would feel this presence of who he is on them and people would come in contact, automatically would see they know the Lord. I had a Christian woman come to me one time in church and she said this, she said, how much makeup do you think a Christian woman should wear in a church service? And I thought, lady, my philosophy is it depends on your face. If you need it, dab it on. But God doesn't care about your Maybelline or your Estrelada or any of your makeup. He doesn't care about the exterior. He cares so much about this interior. Can you say amen? amen. 
It's about the heart. And uh, moving on to this TV program we've done, we've, we've interviewed Robert Slairdon, Bill Johnson, people like Andrew Womack, Tommy Tinney. Uh, I'm naming some of these names. Some of you don't know, but some of you will know from their books. And these are God chaser kind of people. These are revival people that have not only studied the move of God, they've been in the move of God. And because of being in Lakeland, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, you and your wife, just trust me and you go ahead and start this thing and I'll do it. And guess what? In the last year and a half, we are not only debt-free as of today, we also have had all these leaders, including Reinhard Bonnke, is now coming to do an interview with me. How many know who Reinhard Bonnke is? Don't you love that guy? He is awesome. He's got these one-liners. I don't believe in protocol. I believe in altar call. I love hanging around Reinhardt. I'm sweating. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. It's going to be a bright. But not for long. You're in the UK. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I want to show you a quick clip of this TV show. If you would like to be a part of the television program, watch it. It is on demand and archived. It is there to tell you about the move of God, to show you and to get into people's lives that maybe you would never get the chance or opportunity to get into their hearts and spirits. I ask them questions that normal people don't ask on TV studio you know, interviews, and I get right into the heart of it. So watch this clip real quickly, and I'll come right back to bring you a quick message. I'm so excited that you're getting ready to watch All Together Now with Roy and Melanie Fields. Fire Studio in Orlando, Florida. All together now. With Roy and Melanie Fields. And welcome to another edition of All Together Now. I'm your host, Roy Fields. And I'm his wife, Melanie. We're excited to have you guys join us from all around the world. Of course, it's going to be another awesome show. It's going to be an amazing show as it is every week. And guess what? In about three days, it's going to be July 4th. But today is... All right. That's an opener of the show that, you know, you didn't see any interviews yet, but that's the opener of the show and uh, how many would be interested just watching that? It's free. How many would be interested in watching maybe something like that? See somebody, okay, here's what you do. How many of you have iPhones or phones or smartphones? How many of you know how to communicate? 
If you have a smartphone, go on the internet. Yes, during the service right now, go on your smartphone and type in runwithfire.com. And when you do, just you can write that down for later too if you want. You click all together now. It gives you access to all the interviews that we've done. Over 55 shows, 188 countries have already watched our programs. All 50 in the United States. And I don't say that lightly. We are totally humbled. But God's got more in store. And we want to see this generation begin to lock in and see God move all over again, all over all countries. Can you say amen? It's not about America. It's not even about the UK. It's about one planet under God. Amen. Turn your Bibles quickly to Psalms chapter 51. And I want to share this with you. And then I'm going to give an opportunity for people to come and get their lives right with the Lord. We had an awesome morning this morning at 9 a.m., as Pastor Chris spoke. People say, revival, I can't find it in the Bible. Well, you can. You can find it in the lives of people that serve God. I've only got about 10 minutes with you, really five. Revival is not even in the Bible. Somebody used to argue, I mean, people argue about the ridiculous things sometimes. They go, you know, revival's not in the Bible, brother. And I go, well, Bible's not in the Bible. Neither is Pastor Appreciation Day. Neither is worship, rehearsal, or practice. None of these things are in the Bible, but it's just the way we operate. This is how we function. We must be careful that we don't become just a format and we're not open to the things of God. One of the things I appreciate about KT being here is they said, look, Roy, just let the Spirit move. We do have people coming from each service, but they says, we just, we just want you just whatever you feel the Lord's saying. And I go, wow, you trust the Jesus in me. When you trust somebody else, you know their gift will go higher because you give them freedom and liberty and that place will be blessed. That place will be honored. That place will have the kiss of Jesus on it because you allow freedom and liberty to come to the house of the Lord. How many are glad to be a member of Kensington Temple? Isn't that awesome? I'm so happy for you. Psalms 51. Here, watch what David said, because here's the perfect example of revival. What is revival? Here it is. It's not just after the disciples. It started with David, man. It even goes back to Enoch and Moses and Abraham. But this is, to me, the greatest passage. Listen to David's heart when he says this. Verse 6 says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. <laughs> Make me hear joy and gladness. Oh, the UK could use the dose of this right now. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Let me say that again. May rejoice. It's not just hype. It's not just emotionalism. If you have something to talk about, it's evident on the outside of you that you actually carry something worth talking about. Can you say amen? amen? People that knew Jesus, they walked around and they said, let me tell you about this. And when they told the story, I guarantee you, it was like that person was looking right through the very fiber of that person's being that was listening because they knew and they believed what they had was greater than them. They knew it was from the Lord. 
Now, David is recognizing in his heart, God, this is the, I'm, here is the king of Israel, David, who's already been anointed king. He's already reigned. He's reigning. And he makes mistakes, and he sleeps with Bathsheba. That's a real winner there. He, he sleeps with Bathsheba, has a son, and sends the husband of the wife to the front lines, has him killed. He's done all messed up, messed up so bad. But he, you could look at him, if he was a Christian, this is what he was like. He asked Jesus into his heart. Now, he didn't because he's in the Old Testament. They didn't have Jesus yet. But if he was in the New Testament, this is a perfect example of how revival works. He went inward and recognized, I need revival. No longer was he praying, touch the cities of Israel, touch my kingdom, touch the nation. He said, God, I need personal attention to my heart because I don't even know my own heart. It deceives me. It's wicked. Revival is for the church. Do you know revival is not even for the lost? It is first to the church. What does revival mean? To revive, to vive again, to revivicate, to come back to life. Somebody says, no, 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 revival is for the lost. Okay, how do you raise somebody back to life that's never known what it's like to be alive in the first place. There's people all over these streets right now today and they're completely dead, but they're alive walking. Glazed over on their eyes. Everybody's confused. What's my life about? What's my purpose? Why am I here? In the meanwhile, they treat their spouse wrong. They do things wrong over here. They steal, rob, you know, lust, perversion, all this other stuff. It's always going on. They need to look inward and go, you know what? I need to change. What a glorious day when the church says, you know what? I need to change. Maybe what we're doing is not working anymore. Maybe we need to change a couple things. David started assessing his life and saying, I need to change. Let's finish reading here as I continue to close. Somebody get that in a minute. It's like a grenade. I tell it, throw it out, and then I wait eight seconds. See, it goes off just like that. That's how it works. Okay, so it says, make me joy, make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Thank God we're in the New Testament. Thank God we're in the New Testament. Are you happy to be in the new covenant instead of the old? 13, and I end with this. Then I, then, everybody say then. Then, then I will teach transgressors your ways and they will be converted. People are not gonna change if you're not changed first. Revival wakes up the church and says, do you know why you got saved in the first place? Do you remember how pure you used to be? Do you remember how innocent you were? I heard your pastor speak last week on words of reconciliation. Oh, yeah, I studied. Oh, yeah. And when I watched him speak, he, st he started talking just a little bit about his testimony. And when he went into it, you could feel the whole atmosphere change. Because this is how it happens every time. Somebody gets changed in their heart. They come to the Lord. And I look at Colin, and I don't know him yet. I want to meet him someday. I look at Pastor Colin. I'm not trying to emulate or flatter anybody. But I look at his spirit, and I go, you know, he could have given up coming to London. He could have given up in Africa. 
but he kept on following his heart's cry after God. And I think if so many of us here today could just understand this is why God calls the ordinary into ministry, why he calls us into the fellowship of his son so we can help each other. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to say, what's wrong with you, Britain? Folks, I've been here for six years now. I've ministered in 68 cities of your United Kingdom and British Isles. I've spent over $350,000 of our own money paying for everywhere we preach, not charging one dime for anybody so that we could preach without any kind of a burden, but only to be a blessing to your country. It is truly supernatural what the Lord has done with my wife and I. And I say that, please, I have to wrap up. I say that because that's great, but here's what excites me. In a country that some of my fellow countrymen in America said this was hard ground, this has actually become some of the easiest ground for my wife and I. I've never seen so much favor in my entire life or ministry as we have today in the United Kingdom. And there are many of you here today, you're from different nationalities, but the UK is opening up. The UK is becoming hungry and they're getting tired of just going through the motions. People are starting to make an argument on the streets about certain things and it's good that you do it because you're supposed to be light in the darkness. You're not supposed to just dwindle away with everybody else. He puts you in the earth to make a difference. He puts you here to change people's lives. He puts you here to be salt in people's bland lives. Can you say amen? Anybody get anything out of that this morning? Three people. Are you blessed? Yeah. Would, you, would you please close your eyes and bow your heads? I want to give you an opportunity today. Let's bring it down to where it really meets the road. I ask everybody to bow your heads and not look around just to give privacy for everyone else around you, or as I say, privacy. Father, today we thank you for your presence. and for this water. Oh, thank you for water, Lord. <laughs> I ask you here this morning, Lord, there are people in this place, they don't know you. They come to church, but they don't know you. They even clap, they praise, and, but they don't know you. They haven't touched you, you haven't touched them yet, but you're going to today. With everybody in the sound of my voice, I want to say this to you this morning. I'm going to ask three questions, three categories. You only answer one. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come and be the Lord of your life, which means you yield to him and you let him take you over, and that's you here this morning, I want to pray a special prayer with you. Would you quickly slip up your hand? Roy, that's me. Would you pray that special prayer for me? Anyone here today, this morning, you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. As I look in the balcony all around, anyone else on the bottom floor? Just one person. Anyone else? The second question and category I have is, you are fulfilling prophecy. Jesus said in the last days, many will grow cold from the faith. He said, if I didn't shorten the days, even the elect would fall away. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about us, the elect. That just like Judas, you can walk right next to Jesus, see all the signs and wonders and the miracles, and still fall away. And if that's you here today, and you say, I want to come back to the Lord, and I want to burn for him. I'm not white hot anymore, Roy. 
Would you include me in that special prayer you're going to pray? If that's you right now, would you quickly, with every head bowed, every eye closed, quickly slip up your hand. Just say, Roy, that's me. Would you pray for me? I see your hands. Anyone else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else today? On the bottom floor here. Anyone else? I see your hand, dear lady. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. The third and final question, you can put your hands down, is people are taking backsliding to a whole new level in church today, especially in the year 2014. They come to church, they smile, they speak in tongues, they give their tithes and offerings, they appear to love God, but really when they go home, they close the door and they're trapped and they're still addicted to pornography, they're still addicted to alcohol and drugs, they still speak badly to their wife and they beat their wife or they beat their husband. God does not condemn you. You are trapped, my friend. And there is a way out. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 17, he said, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn it, but that through the Son, the world might be saved. So you have a way out. And today, we can pray this prayer. And I'm telling you, it's not some little prayer. This prayer will break the addiction off your life. It'll break that thing off of you. The chains will be snapped and you can open the drapes and see the sunshine again. If that's you here today, with every head bowed, please, I ask, with every eye closed, would you quickly slip up your hand? Roy, I don't want to be trapped anymore. I want out. Just quickly slip up your hand. Thank you for your honesty, sir. Anyone else? God bless you in the back on the side. Thank you, dear lady. Anyone else? Point them out, ushers. Thank you. God bless you. I see your hands up in the top right. Anyone in the main balcony? Just slip up your hand. Roy, that's me. Please include me. I see your hand, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on, this is the safest place to get this done today. Anyone else up here to my far right? You're in the balcony. Roy, that's me. I'm trapped. Is there really a way out? There is. I want to pray. Anyone else here today? All right, would you all stand with me today? We're going to pray this prayer together. There's no room to come to the altar, which is a great problem. Let's just stand to your feet if you would. This is a very serious and holy moment because this can literally determine somebody's life and their course they're going to take. I want every hand just to be lifted up to heaven. And let's pray this together. If you prayed before, and you've already said this prayer, I want you to add your heart to what you say today. With a loud voice, would you say this with me and mean it from your heart? I beg of you, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I recognize I'm a person in desperate need of a Savior. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've done to you. I've done to others and to myself. I ask you to forgive me. Wash my heart clean. Let your precious blood wash away my sins. I accept your forgiveness. I accept my salvation. And I know you love me. And I love you right back. Thank you, Jesus. Because I declare today to every demon and to every angel that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, my Lord is my Lord and my Savior. My Savior. 
I belong to Jesus, and He belongs to me. Amen. Now give Him a shout of praise and thank Him right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.